Welcome to The Clean Slate, a podcast where we chat about facilities management, commercial cleaning, and keeping the working world safe, clean, efficient, and free from risk. I'm your host, Trista Sobek. Welcome, Eric. Um, Eric Hapier is joining us today. He is owner of Road to Reliability. First, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey? My journey started uh, quite a while ago. I'm originally from the Netherlands, which kind of explains the, uh, the slightly different accent. Um, I was trained as an engineer and I started working in the, um, the upstream oil and gas industry in the late 90s. And for probably two and a half decades, 20 20 plus years, I worked around the world, um, mostly in the area of maintenance, reliability, asset management. And um, I worked in many different countries, different locations. And one thing I noticed that almost wherever I worked, I saw the same kind of issues coming back. You know, a lot of organizations, a lot of assets were struggling with relatively low productivity, um, relatively poor preventive maintenance programs, which were full of tasks that weren't necessarily worth doing. Um, a lot of repeat failures. And, and just in general, actually not the kind of performance that we wanted to see, but you know, no matter where we were in the world, we had the same kind of issues. So it was clear it was not kind of a, a local issue, it was a common issue. Um, and um, yeah, basically in, in 2018, I started my own business on the side to kind of reflect on some of those issues. And I developed a framework, the Road to Liability framework, which kind of documented what I learned over the decades. And then um, I started developing training courses to help um, companies implement those kind of basic processes. And that's what we do now. We launched our first training course in 2020, um, just before the uh, pandemic, actually. So it was a decision I made to go online with our training uh, before the pandemic, because I believe it's actually a very good way to to train people. It takes a bit longer, um, typically, than face-to-face, but the knowledge retention is much higher. So that's how it kind of started. In, in 2020, we launched our first course. And then later that year, I quit my corporate job because doing both things at the same time was just too much. And I went full-time with the business and um, yeah, we're doing well. I think to date we've worked with over a hundred companies, uh, trained more than a thousand people in 50 plus countries or so around the globe. So it's been an exciting journey so far. And uh, this is all within heavy industry or are they varied? So I think I would, you know, our biggest clients tend to be indeed in heavy industry, mining, oil and gas, um, large scale manufacturing, but we do also have clients in, in, um, in less heavy industry. So we've got a, quite a few clients in utilities, water utilities, a few clients in power, um, food manufacturing. And um, we also have some some clients. One of our, actually, one of our biggest clients early on was a um, heavy logistics company. So not really heavy industry. Um, they basically ran a large fleet, more probably the largest fleet of, of um, trucks and trailers in um, in Europe. So can you talk a little bit about your company and what you do? Yeah, sure. So we basically do kind of two things in a way. We help our clients um, by providing them a very simple framework to increase reliability. Because um, what I noticed when I was in the industry, when you go out into the market and you, you look for help on how to improve reliability performance in your, in your company, it's very easy to get, um, get out there and, and talk to consultants and different advisors but they tend to be what's offered are very complex solutions. You know, you see models with 10, 20, 30 different elements that you need to implement. And if you're stuck in a reactive mode, that's really difficult to, to absorb and to overwhelming, implement and to get out. So it's yeah. overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's disheartening too, because you go like, how am I ever going to implement all that? 
So what we do is we say, look, there's three things, three core processes that you need to implement to begin with. That's planning and scheduling, preventive maintenance, defect elimination. And then you need to sustain that with the right kind of leadership and culture. Leadership drives a change and the culture then sustain it, sustains it. So that's the, the, the framework that we, um, that we basically work with on our clients. Um, and then what we do is we basically train and coach their teams to implement or improve those processes in their organization. So that the whole, our, our whole premise is that we help our clients improve the business themselves using their own team, because then that's the most sustainable, um, at least leads to the best result. I'll be honest, it's not always the fastest. It sometimes seems faster to go and hire a bunch of consultants. Um, but our way is cost effective and it's definitely the most sustainable way. Right. And you're also you're also touching a bit on change management there. So any kind of behavior within any kind of company is is a challenge. And once you do that and you follow this new concept that you give them, there's there's more of a chance of success, I would think. Absolutely. Yeah. So change management is a big part of that. And and so, for example, in one of our training courses, as an example, so we in the training course around planning and changing, we have one version of the course where the last module of the course is we basically say, right, OK, we've in the previous nine modules, we've talked to you about this is what planning and scheduling is and here's how it's supposed to work in an environment and everything else. But then the last module is say, right, here's how you now can implement this in an organization. And we actually teach a framework that I learned over the years when I was implementing planning and scheduling in different parts of the world, how to roll that out in an organization. And that's that framework basically combines the basics of project management, change management, and of course, planning and scheduling. Um, because a lot of organizations, um, they get this wrong. They, they try to roll out without structured implementation, without too much change management. They send out a few emails. They might have a few meetings. They might even train some people. Um, but they usually don't engage people um, structuredly. They don't look at the stakeholders. They don't look at, okay, how am I convinced the different stakeholders about why this is a good change for them? And you've got to bear in mind that for the technicians on the, on the factory floor, um, they will care about very different things than your executive sponsor. But you need to have a message for all the different stakeholders about why this is good for them too. Otherwise, they're not going to get on board. Um, and a big part of also at the end is what I'm big on is basically getting people in the organizations to work as a coach. So what you try and do is you basically have a few people in your own organization who become really good at the topic of, say, planning and scheduling. And then they work with the team to make sure that they stick to the new process because it's one thing to say, right, here's our new process, our new way of working. It's something different to then actually do that consistently. And it takes a bit of time. So if you have a coach who can do that, that helps a lot. Now, the classic way that is done is you bring in coaches from outside. The downside with that is those coaches um, learn a lot from your implementation. And after six or nine months, they leave and they go to the next organization. Um, my view is much better if you can get some of your supervisors or your subject matter experts trained up and get them to act as a coach in your own organization because they stick around and they'll make sure that um, what they have been implementing is sustained and keeps working. Yeah, there's that that ownership, that perceived ownership of the change and the new idea. Um, I think this is really great because it combines people and processes. And I think a lot of, a lot of times people forget or places uh, forget about the people component when, especially when we're dealing with heavy machinery mm -hmm. and warehouses and equipment and things like this, it's, it's the people who are actually 
making things happen. So if you can explain the why behind sure. it, um, I think a lot of things can can change. So I love that your framework includes that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, no, and I, I really like what you just said there when you explained the why. I'm, I'm a big, big fan of that. When you get your your team to understand why things need to be changed and why it needs to happen in a certain way, 99% of the time they will get on board. Um, you know, most people come to work with the intention of doing a, a good job. Um, when the job is not being done well, it's usually because the process is not working or the tools are not working or we have wrong expectations or people don't understand why they're being asked to do something in a certain way. So I'm a really strong believer in that in, if you get people to understand what needs to be done, why it needs to be done and why it needs to be done in a certain way, then half the battle is won. Right. What do you see over and over again? Is it that they don't have a schedule or they're changing things out over and over again? What's your, your biggest thing that you do when you first come into a place? The main thing I see with a lot of our clients, a lot of people that reach out to us is that they're very entrenched in a very reactive culture. So yeah, they may have a weekly schedule, but it doesn't get everybody get adhered to because every day something new breaks and operations or production are jumping up and down and say, Hey, you got to fix this. you got to fix that. Um, so it's a re very reactive environment that most of our clients that come to us work in um, a lot of repeat failures, um, relatively poor productivity. So, so they, you know, the maintenance guys are working hard, um, but their days is, are interrupted all the time because, you know, when they go and do a job, things are not ready, the equipment might not be isolated, might not be available for them to work on, or they start a job and then they're missing parts, or they start a job and it turns out that they need something else, or they need another trade that wasn't coordinated. So there's a lot of waste in their day-to-day. -day. Um, and then we see a lot of repeat failures. Um, what typically ha happens in this kind of environment is that organizations tend to get very good at fixing things fast. Um, so as, a, as something, important fails, the manager goes, right, let's make sure that doesn't happen. That's usually not so easy. So then the next question is, okay, well, how do we make sure that next time we can fix it better or faster, um, kind of quicker, cheaper kind of thing. So um, the organization start focusing on getting really good at fixing rather than getting really good at fixing forever. So they're forever fixing. Forever fixing instead of just maintaining. So is that kind of the, yes. the, the gist is, you know, have a plan of of to go through all your your machinery to make sure it's maintained and updated so there isn't a, fi a fix all the time and it's not breaking down so the framework that i, I work with our clients is, is is quite simple actually it consists of three elements um one of them is is planning a scheduling to kind of improve that productivity problem that a lot of them have um, the second one is to make sure that they have an effective preventive maintenance program. So they're doing work that is actually adding value. Um, we see a lot of people doing preventive maintenance that actually is not worth doing. And often they're missing important tasks. Um, and then the first piece is around like root cause analysis and defect elimination, which is about getting rid of those repeat problems. And it's about getting, you know, a mindset of fixing forever that rather than forever fixing. So those three things, if you get those three processes working in your organization, you, you'll make a massive step change in reliability. Right. That's awesome. Um, so what are some things do you think a facility manager or somebody in facilities management can take away from your framework and your principles? I think it depends a little bit, obviously, on what kind of facility you're managing. Um, but 
most organizations I see, whether they're in facility management or like the logistics company we worked with or heavy industry, they very often have two kind of key things coming back. Um, one is that the productivity of their team is not where it should be or could be in the sense that, as I described earlier, what you see a lot is the technicians out in the field um, find that their days is full of delays because, you know, they're being asked to do a job, but the job is actually not ready to do. The parts are not there or the tools are not there or they'll have to wait for somebody. Um, and that concept of eliminating the waste in the execution process applies to any kind of industry. Of course, it'll be slightly different in in, uh, in facilities management than, say, an oil and gas platform offshore or a mine deep in Africa. But the concept of eliminating waste and making sure that people are not waiting unnecessarily stays the same. Um, and with basic planning steps and basic scheduling steps, you can make a big impact there. Um, and one thing that people often get wrong in that space is that they confuse the difference between planning and scheduling. Um, you know, in our day-to-day -day language, when we talk about plans, we're really talking about schedules and that, that kind of concept of that they're almost synonyms has also slipped in industry. Um, but really the idea of planning is that you prepare the work that it can be executed efficiently without delays or with minimal delays. And scheduling is about coordination of the, of the work and making sure you have the right people, that the work is grouped together, that you have minimum delays between the jobs, whereas planning is about eliminating delays during the job because you're lacking tools or parts or, or resources. Um, so, so that focus on productivity is, I think, definitely also applicable in, in facilities management. And then probably another one that is valuable is getting, um, getting people to understand what actually impacts the reliability of your equipment. Um, a lot of preventive maintenance tasks out there, a lot of preventive maintenance programs out there are not very effective. They're full of tasks that make organizations feel good that they're doing something, but they, they don't really add value or they don't really improve reliability. Um, and I think a lot of that is because there's still, um, there's a lack of knowledge out there. Maintenance as a concept in reliability is not really taught in, in college, in university or anywhere else, right? So a lot of people come into the, into the, um, workforce without really understanding some of the principles behind it. And, you know, in the, the last few decades, quite a bit of research and, and has been done and things have moved on that people don't know. So, for example, the, the biggest thing that people don't really understand is that most of our failures that we experience are not age related. So there's still this concept out there that, you know, as equipment gets older, it gets more unreliable. That is to some degree true. But actually what studies from the airline industry and later from the military showed was that for most failure modes, most types of uh, failures we experience, that doesn't hold true. Those failures tend to happen randomly anyway during the life of a piece of equipment. Um, now, those studies were done in the airline industry and later repeated in the military. And sometimes people say, oh, that's different industry, different equipment. But if you speak to people in industry who kind of have been around for a while, they say, yeah, it's a little bit different, but the concepts still say, apply to pretty much any type of industry, it's slightly different in different percentages. But the concept that most of your equipment does not fail more frequently because it gets older, but it fails because of random failure modes is, is not very well understood. And what it basically means is that if you're dealing with a failure mode that's not age-related, going to change that piece of equipment or going to replace a part or a component or service it is not going to make it more reliable. In fact, you run the risk that you introduce a defect or 
problem through maintenance. Um, so that is one thing. So getting people to build preventive maintenance programs that are based on kind of reliability principles is a big thing. And that would certainly apply also in the, um, in the facilities management space, for sure. Right. One of the things we talk a lot about at OpenWorks is um, facility managers can help um, companies avoid risk and make their warehouses more into a profit center. And I think you touch on that a little bit when you talk about um, this wasted resource of folks kind of walking around, changing things or cleaning things, and it's it doesn't really need to be you know, replaced or touched. It just needs to be maintained. So I think that that really makes sense. Um, do you have anything that you would like to add? Yeah, we covered a lot. Um, all I'd say is if anybody is interested in finding out more, they, they can find us on roadtoreliability.com. Um, they can also find me on LinkedIn um, and anybody can reach out at any time. I'm always happy to, to jump on a call and explore how we might be able to help or give some advice. So um, it's always good to speak to people in industry. Absolutely. And I'll include your information in the show notes and also social media to make sure folks out there can know how to get in touch with you. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Special thanks to Eric Huppier, Managing Director of Road to Reliability. We appreciate his expert insight on moving away from maintenance that is reactive gaining the knowledge on what machinery needs to be replaced and when, the scheduling of that maintenance, and making sure you are optimized to stop wasting time and valuable resources, which we are all big fans of. He also talked about leadership and culture because it's so important to have everyone on the same page. Make sure you visit our website at www.openworksweb.com resources to read the show notes and find Eric's contact info.